Welcome to the Audit 15 Fund podcast. My goal with this podcast is to bring relevant internal audit topics to the table at least every 15 days. Today, we have a new segment of the Audit 15 Fund podcast called the Audit Duel. And the goal with the duel is to have a discussion on one topic with two thought leaders. And the topic today that we'll be discussing is independence and objectivity in the internal audit profession. And to discuss that topic, I have the honor to have as my guest, Doug Anderson, the former CAE of Dow Chemical, and Dr. Reiner Lenz, current CAE of SAFE Holland. Welcome, gentlemen, to the podcast. It's an honor to have you both on. Thank, Thank you, John. Absolutely. So uh, just for the benefit of the audience here, you guys are aware of the rules, but just so the audience understands how it's going to work. So it's a discussion on independence and objectivity, which both of you actually gave me this idea from a LinkedIn post that you guys had a respectful disagreement on. And the format will be one of you will have opening statement, which will be Dr. Reiner. Then Doug will have uh, his opening statement, which for both of you will be three minutes. Then Dr. Reiner will have a three minute response. Doug will have another three minute response. And then Dr. Reiner will make his closing remarks in two minutes. And Doug will make his closing remarks in two minutes. And like I mentioned, this is a respectful discussion and really looking forward to this and this new format. So really appreciate you both accepting to participate in the duel. So with that said, I will start the clock here for Dr. Reiner to make his opening statement on objectivity and independence in the internal audit profession. Thanks again, John, for the invite and this uh, innovative format. It's uh, indeed an immense pleasure discussing with Doug. Well, I'm in favor of de-emphasizing both attributes of internal auditors, objectivity and independence. I think both are aspirational. Put bluntly, and that may serve as a juicy starter of our duel. Objectivity of internal auditors is an illusion in the pioneering zone. Independence of internal auditors is often only a dream, wishful thinking. Let's start with objectivity. I think only in, in simple and complicated contexts, and I call this the managing zone, there's typically at least one right answer. Here, you can be objective. That doubt these contexts will be the ones where modern internal auditing will matter most in the future. We need effective internal auditing in the pioneering zone, in complex and chaotic contexts. Here, that one answer may only exist in hindsight. And this is the arena where we can find the future space of value-adding internal auditing. In my opinion, we are all originals, original thinkers with an original perspective, benefiting from our very personal journey in life and as a professional. That has a value for the C-suite and the board. In other words, how you, Doug, and you, John, make sense of the world around you, can add a unique perspective and help decision-making. We are no robots, neither our peers nor our clients. We are in the human-to-human -human business. Audire, strategic listening, is core. So is care, caring for people and the organization. Here's my litmus test for you, Doug. If two persons, two professionals, 
knew the IPBF by heart, both would not draw the same conclusions in a complex or chaotic context, or would they? Onto independence. In theory, I do see the power of the principal agent concept. Internal audit ensures that the agent, say management, is acting in the principles, say shareholders' interest. In practice, though, there are challenges. Let me take the two-tier governance setup as reference. Here, the CAE, head of internal audit, reports to the C-suite with a dotted line to the audit committee. In practice, independence might not work out as intended. Let me give you two reasons, short and clear. First, a CAE gets hired and fired by the C-level. Second, the C-level determines the CAE's bonus, if any. So I'm asking you, Doug, how de facto independent is the CAE? How de facto independent are internal auditors? On to you, Doug. The floor is yours, Doug. Okay. Um, so let me start by, I, I don't want to respond specifically to what Dr. Renner said. So hold on to that a little bit. So let me first frame my thinking around the topic, and then we'll go from that. Um, you know, the fundamental question for me is why does internal water exist? If there's no answer to that, or there's not a good answer to that, then internal audit should not exist. Internal audit, it should exist for a specific reason, for a specific purpose, or it can just be somebody else doing the same thing. So a lot of people can operate objectively with a discipline process, with an enterprise view. Those are not unique to internal audit. Those are not things that make us unique. Objectivity, I agree with much of Rainer says. We cannot, we're not robots, and we can guarantee with the same information available to us, we'll all make the same decision. We just do it in the best way we can, objectivity. But I want to focus a little bit more on the independent side of it, because a lot of people can be objective. A lot of people can be using discipline processes. A lot of people can have a broad enterprise view. That does not make internal audit unique. I've had those roles. When I was in business finance, when I was in controllers, in Dow Chemical, I operated objectively with discipline process enterprise-wide view when I was not an internal audit. That doesn't make us unique. So it makes the question, what does make us unique? Why do we exist? Because if we don't have a unique purpose, then we don't need a purpose at all. I would suggest it's structure, expectations, mission, views that guarantee objectivity, and the ability to speak truth to power. These are the kinds of things that if you're set up structurally properly in your organization, and the CAE or the internal audit goes into it with the right mindset, we can have a level of independence that nobody else in the organization has. Now, I don't want to get in the argument, and I know Rainier's not going there, but for those that might be listening to this about, well, internal audit can never really be independent because they're internal. I can make the same argument about external audit. I can make the argument about external audit, uh, external lawyers. What I mean by independence is that you can operate supporting the board, however you wish to do that at the direction of the board, independent of the direction or the will or the intentions of executive management. And I felt like I was the only one in the Dow Chemical Company that could really do that effectively. I'll get to that in a little bit. So losing independence, if you lose independence, there's a lot of voices out there saying, well, internal audit's independent, great, but it, it doesn't mean you can't do all sorts of other things. You can do a lot of consulting. You can do a lot of project work. You can do a lot of things without your independence. Well, 
when you do, you fundamentally are going to be losing assessment time when you do that. And if you do things that hurt your independence, you're going to be hurting your ability to do the assessment, which is what I think you're uniquely positioned to do. There you go. Reiner, your turn. Doug mentioned uh, that's one of the unique attributes of internal audit. Independence, your response. Well, I very much uh, value your, your opinion, Doug, uh, your arguments and your viewpoints. To portray, you know, who we internal auditors stand for, what we stand for, who we are, what we do. There's only a limit of attributes we can choose. We can select. This should not be you know, 100 plus qualities. We are not, you know, Superman, Superwoman. So consequently, when, when choices must be made, I would not advocate objectivity, full stop. Especially when auditing what matters in the pioneering zone. So in complex or chaotic context, there is no right answer. There is no objective truth. That answer may only exist in hindsight. Independence, and here I agree with you, Doug, is another cup of tea. I have a suggestion. If you really want to enjoy this attribute in full, I think we should know more about piping parameters and then strengthen those adequately. The reporting line, who owns the budget? Both aspects, for example, are crucial factors. Only claiming independence will not do the trick. Let us think really for a moment and ask ourselves, what would be your top three to five attributes of the effective internal auditor? I think of really good Say, strategic listeners, remember the source of Audire and Tom Peters's lovely video. So asking smart and relevant questions and having empathy, be caring, displaying the highest level of integrity and ethical behavior, do the right thing even when nobody is watching, have business acumen and possessing practical wisdom and being creative rather than checklist box ticking. Let us nudge reflection in our professional community about who we are, what do we stand for, what's our USP, our unique selling proposition, what's our core value, what is the heartland of internal auditing, a heartland our key shareholders and key stakeholders share and cherish. I think we can clarify this going forward. Back to you. Well, no, that's great. And I will reframe that in my mind because I don't disagree with what you said, Dr. Rayner, about what is um, important for a professional. And the things that you mentioned are important for any professional, whether you're an internal audit or not an internal audit. Some roles, it's more important than others. But for me, I have to go back to my fundamental basis. What is it that makes internal audit unique? Because if there's nothing that makes us unique, then we don't need to exist. I feel like I've always tried to, not always successful, because you know, we're all stuck in this human form that makes us less than perfect to mirror or to express those attributes that you just mentioned as an internal auditor. But I also did it as a controller's employee. I also did it as a business finance employee. What made me unique in internal audit was that I could speak the truth. I could look at things from my own perspective with my own definition of objectivity because everybody has a slightly different objective, but I have no stake in the game. The things in which I was speaking about and talking about we're not things that I had a stake in the game. And that's not true for anybody else in management. Everybody else in management has some stake in the outcome of the discussion. I don't. I see it. I make opinion. I talk about it. I deliver it. I move on to my next topic. 
Now, I try to use all those attributes, you're right. But for me, the most important attribute is for internal auditor, for a CAE, is the attribute that no one else can deliver in an organization. And that is truly to be equipped to speak the truth without repercussion. Now, yes, I have to have the audit committee control my budget. That's a fight. No, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not go around the corners. It's a fight to do that. Control my evaluation. That's a fight too. I know for a fact that there was discussions behind the, behind the curtain about my budget and my evaluation. But I always knew that the audit committee supported me. And I knew absolutely 100% guaranteed I could take any position I wanted to in that organization about any topic with executive management and the audit committee will protect me. Now, will I have a long career? No. In fact, when I was offered, the, when I was asked to interview for the job, I said, first thing I decided was, was I willing to, to sacrifice my career at Dow Chemical to do the job right? Second, I did my resume. And third, I said, yes, I'd interview for the job because I'm under no preconceived notion that life is perfect. Absolutely not. But that is at least I have the basis for the topics I'm working on that allows me to be independent. And I can do all sorts of great work for management on behalf of management. And what you end up doing is you just end up being a low-cost contractor, right? If you do that for somebody else. Stick as an internal auditor. I want to stick to those things that only I can do, which means I end up taking the toughest topics that no one else wants to touch. And that's what it equips me to do. We're getting into some deep stuff here. So Reiner, your final response to Doug. Look, Doug, I mean, I'm, I'm, I advocate a, a draw here, you know, we'll do a not goalless. So of, um, I would recommend de-emphasizing the importance of objectivity. Why? Well, that, that claim is too aspirational, not realistic, not achievable, and it matters most. Independence, and here I agree, is an incredibly important, but also challenging concept in practice. So I acknowledge the, the fundamental importance of the principal agent concept. However, if independence is generally wanted, we need to, you know, fully understand the helping and hurting parameters, and possibly further research can help. Overall, and that's my closing remarks in this tool, I suggest positioning internal audits softer, humbler, more human. So being originals, convincing with creativity rather than conformity, being a truth finder in simple and complicated contexts, being a trusted advisor with sound business judgment in complex and chaotic contexts, a continuous learner with practical wisdom, staying in research all life to say so, being humble, not claiming to own the truth, listening well, asking relevant questions, being a helper when improving practices bit by bit, day by day, being, in other words, being a carer, a gardener of governance, you know my phrase, nurturing good corporate governance practices, having organizations to survive and thrive, so having to maximize shareholder welfare, which is shareholder value plus externalities, so including environmental and societal aspects. I think Dirk John Gardener of Governance is a helpful metaphor. Doug, your final response, like Dr. Reiner mentioned, independence is a challenging concept in practice. First of all, I agree we'll call it draw. 
Because <laughs> that's, I think, the best answer. I agree with 90% of what you just said. And those are all things that are important to happen in an organization. The, my concern is those things take away from things that only an internal audit can do on occasion. When that's my primary and sole focus is to be nurturing, to be a bit more supportive, to be guiding and tending, those are all good things. And in fact, there are many people in the organization that that is their job. That is already their job. But if I try to jump into that space, I'm one of many and I'm not unique. And at that point, it's like, why does internal audit even exist? I just join the crowd that's all trying to do that. What we would lose then is that voice who can, object, who can objectively look at information and say independently, we have a problem with this acquisition we just did because of XYZ in the culture. We have an issue here of a risk that's not being managed because this executive is going off campus, is going offline. We have a risk here that's being ignored because we've gotten too complacent. Those are the things that don't come up unless somebody is, is truly independent. And those are the things that I always felt brought my greatest value to the company. We'll call it a draw, like you mentioned, Doug. I really appreciate you both being on the podcast. Not everyone that I have invited for this type of format has accepted my invitation. So it takes a lot of courage, a lot of thinking on the spot. Really appreciate you both sharing your knowledge, your experience with the profession. And we'll let the, the listeners make their own conclusion on what works best for them. So thank you both again. Thank you, John. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, John.